What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the New York Yankees official podcast. I'm not surprised. They're not surprise me when they call me up, but I'm super excited and thankful for God for everything. Especially from my mom and my dad, they're working with me when I was so young. They're working too hard to, to see me here. I'm not alone. When I complete my goal, something like that, it's not just me. My, my family stay with me. So when I do something, when I complete my goal, he complete the same goal with me. So we are together. They say, hey, you know, this guy, he played, he's his star tomorrow. He played with National. And that moment I say, like, just tell me. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the New York Yankees official podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor for Yankees Magazine. Joining me right here, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. What's up, Nate? Hey, John. How's it going today? Going well. We, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's the last few weeks of the season. Still question if the Yankees have a rally in their bones, if you will, but it's been fun to watch a team that's been playing pretty well lately. And one of the interesting things about this team right now, we have the kids up, obviously, and this week, I'm so excited to have Everson Pereira on the podcast. I loved talking to him. I can't wait for you guys to hear him. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun watching these kids come up and uh, not only seeing them play, but sort of getting to know them a little bit. You know, these names like Everson Pereira and, and uh, Oswald Peraza for, you know, years, we just saw them on like prospects lists and, and things of that nature. But uh, now that we actually get to see them here in the clubhouse and on TV every night um, and, and get to speak to them a little bit, we're uh, getting to finally uh, get a taste of their personalities as well, which is really cool. So we're going to hear from that, and then we're also going to talk about our cover star for the September issue, Garrett Cole, and we'll also recap Old Timers Day a little bit. But first, here's Everson Pereira. Joining me right now, we have Everson Pereira. Everson, first off, I guess, welcome to the Pick Leagues. Thank you. What's been the most surreal part of this experience so far? I think playing with the Jinkies. That's the most important right now. Play in the Jinkies Stadium with great players. That was awesome. Who were the first guys to reach out to you and really welcome you when you got here? Who are the people who kind of showed you the ropes, if you will? Perasa. Okay. Also, well, yeah. And I mean, not to get to, you guys must go back a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you both have a, a connection. You played in the minors here for a while. Yeah. You're both from Venezuela, correct? Yeah. How far apart are you guys from in Venezuela? If we live in close, like a 10 minutes. Okay, so you've known each other forever. Yeah. Wow, that, that must be pretty exciting then to take that all the way from the hair to here then. We play literally, we play literally together. So, so much of the preparation that you do in the minor leagues is about learning skills, learning how to hit better, learning how to feel better, everything like that. It's also about making sure that your mind is ready so that when you get to the majors, it's okay, right? How do you feel? Do you feel like when you got up here, 
were you ready for that first day against the Nationals, or was it still a little wild and crazy? I think, yes, I am, but it's different. When, when, when we play in minor leagues, the, the most goal, the dream is playing big league, but we never like a, we never ready. Mm-hmm. We we are ready when, okay, I'm here, so I'm a big leader right now, so I have to do it, but good experience, good one. That's pretty mature to be able to understand that whatever you might think about whether you're ready, you're not ready until the moment you're here. They must teach you that, I assume, right? Yeah. When did you start, for, for all that, which is great to hear, when did you start realizing this was close? When did you start knowing, I might get this call any day now? I don't know. I played well right mm-hmm. in Triple A. So I'm not surprised. They're not surprised me when they call me up, but I'm super excited and thankful for God for everything. How, was it Shelly who told you? Yes. What did he say? What What do you remember about that conversation? He called me. Trevor, the hitting coach, uh-huh. called me, and he said, "Hey, Shelly, want to see you in his office?" And I say, "I, I got trouble, something like that." And he said, "No, he he, he want to talk with you." Said, okay. In that moment, my wife is is with me. I'll tell her, babe, I have to go to the stadium. Go with me. I don't know if they call me to Billy. Mm-hmm. I think I go to Billy, but we never know. So just we have to go to the stadium. When we when I arrive to the to the stadium, I'm feeling a lot of nervous. And I go to the, his office, and he say, hey, you know, a lot of posts and Twitter, something like that. And I know about Twitter guy. Mm-hmm. I know I know use Twitter, so. I say, I don't know, I don't, I don't really, I, I, I wasn't asleep 20, 20 minutes ago, so he said, yeah, don't, no presentation to that post, something like that, just, I, I want to, you stay focused in the game, so tomorrow we want to show you a video for the guy for tomorrow, I say, wait, that was weird. <laughs> you, you, anybody never call me to, yep. in my day off to, yeah, I said, okay, and he showed me a big leaguer guy when they started that my first my first game and i say i never i never said never saw that guy in minor league <laughs> and i say wait <laughs> we play tomorrow with the felix triple felix affiliate uh-huh and they show me a guy in Announced. from washington yeah, yeah. and I say nah that's weird they say hey you know this guy he played he's his start tomorrow he played with national and that moment, I say like, just tell me, <laughs> tell me. That's fantastic. It's, hey, you go to Big League, he may have something like that. That's amazing. So we've all seen the video now of your family reacting to that first hit. Did you know where they were? Like, were you able to find them in that moment? That moment is, it was so special for me. When I saw the video, uh, I feel like a lot of emotions at the same time. How long did you work for? This? I mean, it's it's your whole life working for this, right? And yes. That's the mo- yeah, especially from my mom and my dad, they're working with me when I was so young. They're working too hard to to see me here. Did you get the ball? Yeah. And where is it? That was here in the clue in the clue in my in the clue house. It's st- it's still in there in your locker. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We got we got to get that somewhere better. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we know a lot about what this moment is like for the player. What do you think? that moment is like for your family i mean besides for what we saw because that's just what we catch on video but just emotionally what do you think they're thinking as th- they're watching that? i think the same my i'm not alone yeah mm-hmm. my my when i complete my goal something like that it's not just me 
my my family stay with me. So when I do something, when I complete my goal, he complete the single with me. So we are together. That's amazing. You entered this year as a big prospect, a name Yankees fans knew to start looking out for. But obviously, as the year went on, you were really showing, and the buzz was getting louder, if you will. What are some of the ways, though, in those five months that you felt you improved to get yourself from being a very good prospect to someone who was ready to be a major leaguer? Uh, that was experience, too. When, like this year, when I go to spring training, and I saw the the players, how he worked and so did like that, I got a lot of experience. Like, okay, this guy working like that, I have to do something similar. The, we, I, I'm still learning right now. That's to be expected, though. I mean, do you are there if you look at if you look at tape of yourself, say from April, what's something you see that you know you do better now? Okay, right now, my when I play minorly, I don't have like back moments. Like normally, I got back days, something like that, but no, like ten ten days in a row, long slumps. Yeah, sense. something like that. And I think this is my first time, and I learned that. That happened again. This is baseball. We got both bad moments and good moments. That's the most. Im- I I think that's the most important thing. What I learned in big league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mentioned Oswald. Obviously, this team is great. A lot of real impressive Venezuelan players on this team. But in one of your very first series with the team, you got to be out in the field there alongside Miguel Cabrera. I, I have to imagine how meaningful is that for you as truly one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Venezuelan baseball player ever to be out there on the field with him. Yeah, that was amazing. Before talking with him, feeling a little nervous. Like, he's a star. He's the guy in Venezuela. He's no normal guy. He's big. He's the big guy. You know, Miguel Carrera is, is important for Venezuelan, especially for the players. And before the game, I feel... Like excited to talk with Hank. He he gave me a couple of tips. After again, it's different because when we play, I just want to win. I, yeah. I'm not thinking. I, I mean, I know that every single person in that Yankees clubhouse right now is committed to helping you become the best major leaguer that you can. But a guy like Labor, a guy like, as you mentioned, Oswald, how special is it, the bond you share with players from Venezuela in this room? I feel like a brotherhood. It's amazing because normally when I feel like pressure or something like that, I just talk with my guys and say, hey, bro, this is normal. Just keep going. So they got, they got more experience to me. They help me a lot. Is there different advice, not better or not worse, but different advice that someone like Labor can give to you than someone like DJ? Someone who, who knows Venezuela, knows who ate the same things as you growing up, who knows what your life was like a little more. Is there something different he can say to you that could be helpful in a moment? I, I don't think so. Normally, this, for sure, he's speaking my language. He, uh, I learn a little more. They say more like clear, mm-hmm. you know, because we got more time, like a be a friend. Mm-hmm. But I don't judge. He helped me a lot. And when I talk with Glaber or Oswald, it's the same, the same feel when I talk with Judge. Judge is special, right? He's the guy. I mean, I, 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 look, he's so big, he's so he's so imposing. <laughs> But he's just, he's, I've spoken to a lot of young players coming up here, and the, I, the sense is just this is a guy who will do everything he can to get the most out of you, right? Yeah, yeah. He is, he's a great guy. Pretty awesome to have. 
a couple days after you get up here, Jason comes up, Austin comes up. Is it nice being like, well, you know, I'm an established major leaguer now. Let me show you around here. <laughs> that, that was great. That was great. When, when, when somebody told me, hey, what's this coming with Jason? I'll, I'll text Jason. I say, bro, I'll tell you, you're coming soon. Congrats. I'll call Welsey. Refer come here. He say, bro, you go first. Just say, how you say, like clean my stuff, something <laughs> like that. Because I go, I go a week later, or something like that. He told me, and I call him. I say, bro, congratulations. He's super excited. He 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 yell at me. I told you, I told you, I tell you, something <laughs> like that. And that was a great moment. When he arrived to Houston, I feel super happy for both guys. But it, I mean, obviously, it's such a. We talked about a brotherhood of Venezuelan players. But even just minor leaguers together, you go through so much together. You live in some, you know, as you work your way yeah. up. For this experience this year, and I mean, obviously, it starts with Anthony Volpe, and then you have, you know, Randy, you have Johnny, you have you, you have Jason, you have Austin, these, all these young guys getting up here. How special is it for all of you to do this together? This is great. It's, it's, for me, this is so special because mine is no easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Playing minor is hard, and all, all, most of the part, most of the part, we are alone. Like my family is in Venezuela, uh-huh. and like Jason, his family is in Dominica, yeah. something like that. We are alone. So when we are the season, like long season, five months, we start early, mm-hmm. like early. Yeah, but five months, not yeah, no, no, no January, more. Right? That's more, and. We create like a little family together, so it's that's so special. Like, say here, look at my side. See, uh, see, also Paras, and we play when we have twelve years old. All the side, Jason Minge, that was that was great. Anthony Volpe, he played with me in twenty one, twenty two. Now he's a big leader. That was amazing. It has to make it more comfortable for you though on the field too. It has to make it easier in a sense because. These are the guys you've been playing with yeah. for a year. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. different, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's that, great. That's fantastic. Obviously, look, I mean, things are getting better for minor leaguers lately. That you know, the the teams are doing more for minor leaguers, but still, it's got to be pretty special when you get up yeah, here. And some of the hotels are a little bit nicer up here, aren't <laughs> yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's been the best uh, thing that you've you know gotten to enjoy off the field since you came up to the majors? Just the little moments, you know, when. Uh, I hang out with take a dinner with my guys we we just talk like you know, we have to flashback when we have i don't know 20 years old we're eating normal like minorly we tired or something like that and right now we are in big leagues you know how hard we have to work in to be here that was a great moments i hope you're enjoying it man I, I, what would you say if you look back and, and obviously look i mean obviously the goal is yeah. that you never go back to the minor leagues, but who, yeah. who knows what happens? I mean, but if you look at the Yankees minor league system, what are the things that you feel that they really do well? The, the, the player development people from the individual coaches all the way up to, you know, Kevin Reese. What, what do you think are the things that the development system did really well for you? They helped me a lot. I think most important in all my career is play with the, with the Yankees. They help me a lot. Everybody. Like, when I feel like a bag in defense, something like that, I have a lot of people help me. Like, they want to help me. That was great. When I say, like, it's, minor league is hard, 
I thought overall, like the league, something like that. But the Yankees, not because I'm here. Yeah, that was amazing. So I, I gotta say, and I'm gonna let you go here, Everson, but it's it's been silent. No one's heard this in this whole conversation. But you have Marlon Abreu, the interpreter, sitting next to you, and I, I, whatever you were nervous about, man, like. <laughs> That's uh, well, well done. You really, uh, I'm very jealous of people who can do anything in a second language, and you really nailed it. So good, <laughs> good stuff, man. I'll try. I'll try. I want to learn more. Well, thank you so much, though, and uh, thank good you. luck the rest of the way, and look forward to seeing what's next. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Hi, this is Clark Schmidt. You're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Nick Swisher, and you're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. Welcome back. Neat. I, I feel a little bad before we get to Pereira. I think I, I, I join all non-Jets fans in just congratulating you on looking okay and wishing you the best. And, Ugh. you know, I, I, I'd say it gets better, but, I, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's a... It's a painful existence rooting for the Jets, but, um, you know, just keep holding out hope that one of these years it'll all come together. But you, you, you're all dressed. It looks like, you know, you've uh, showered and bathed yourself, everything like that. You've been eating, it seems, so I'm very proud of you. But Tough Nate, week, tough week. It has been a tough week, but has this for a segue. You know, as we record this, the Yankees, I think, right now, as of Wednesday morning, have won 11 out of 15, I think I saw. Look, you know, they might have dug themselves too deep a hole, but... All you can ask is that you keep chasing, and that's what they're doing right now. I think Mets fans remember something about being seven games back with seven or seven games up with seventeen games to play, which is the opposite of the position the Yankees find themselves in right now. But I think the message is, again, maybe it's too late. Could very well be, but you just want to see them win. And that was a point that yeah, people at Old Timers Day this past week were asking uh, Derek Cheater. What would what would you say? You know what 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 should they do? What would you and his answer is just just win, just win mm-hmm. the games. That's all you can do. Yeah, winning winning cures everything. The Yanks have been playing better. It's been a, a very uh, a lot more fun to watch. And um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm the type that I'm never going to count anything out in baseball uh, until it's mathematically impossible. Um, we've seen some crazy endings to seasons. So uh, let's let's hope that we finish strong and we'll we'll see where it gets us. But I think we should move from there into Pereira. And, and I think before we get started on anything else, one thing that I have to say here, I had never spoken to Everson. The only thing I knew about him is having been told, like, he's really working on his English, but, you know, it might be a little tough at times, which is, sure, no problem. And first of all, that's why we have Marlon Abreu, you know, because we want to hear these guys speak in a way that's comfortable. So we arranged this whole thing. He's going to come in. He walks into our little podcast studio with Marlon, and Marlon says right away, like, okay, I'll see you guys in a little bit. And I'm just like, hang on there, Captain. Um, <laughs> I think there might have been a misunderstanding here. And he just said, like, no, he wants to do it on his own. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And it proceeded to be one of the most charming experiences of my life. And I, and I think that, I hope that came through in the interview. I mean, is it 
super simple to hear every single word he says at all times. No, but he's, he was just trying so hard and he was so excited to be doing it. And I was just, again, this is a guy I don't know well. This is a guy I haven't spoken too much, but it, it was impossible not to just have a smile on my face the entire time talking to him. I love it. Very impressive. Uh, I'm always floored when guys, uh, especially being that young, uh, are able to, to pick up a second language and get to the point where they're comfortable doing stuff like this. Um, you know, we saw it with Jason Dominguez too, when he was here, uh, you know, felt comfortable doing interviews in English, some of the interviews in English, um, which I mean, just a year ago, he wouldn't, he wasn't doing any in, in English. So, uh, these guys are clearly really working hard in the classroom as well as on the field. That's the thing. I think about how hard they're working to learn how to hit big league pitching. And like, you're also taking on a second massive task. Amazing. And it's, uh, you know, a testament to them and a testament to the organization that they uh, prioritize stuff like that. I know they give these guys a lot of, uh, you know, instruction and a lot of resources to help them get better in, in all different facets. And uh, y- y- you're seeing the fruits of that labor here. But it, it was just so great to talk to him. He, he's got such interesting perspective, I thought. I really, you know, he was talking about just w- one thing that really stuck with me. Because I asked him when he started feeling like he was ready. And his answer was essentially, and I'm paraphrasing right now that I wasn't ready because I was in AAA. Basically, his point was, they'll tell me when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. you know, And I can only control what I can control, but I can't sit here and say I'm ready because if I was ready, I'd be in the majors. And man, I don't know if I would have that level of perspective if I was on that ladder. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought a lot of his uh, perspectives were, were great. Clearly, he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders and a really bright future. Um, and it's... I think it's important to, that, you know, he's surrounded by, uh, you know, some really, sounds like some really close friends on the team. You know, he mentioned Peraza, a fellow Venezuelan that he's known for a long time. I think that's, uh, that, that can be key, you know, just feeling comfortable in, the, in this new surrounding, um, having a guy like that to lean on. And uh, I know that, the, you know, some of the veterans in that clubhouse are certainly the type of guys who are going to help him along as well. But, you know, he's in a good spot. I mean, to be young and a Yankee is a, is a special thing. It's been that way for a long time, and uh, he seems to be embracing it, and hopefully he can, uh, he can run with it. And one thing that we didn't get into that much, but I, I meant to, and I feel bad we didn't, because, you know, we talked a lot about Glaber. We talked about, like you said, Oswald Peraza, Oswaldo Cabrera, another uh, a Venezuelan player on this team. I think one of the big things that's helped with so many young and dynamic Venezuelan players, Carlos Mendoza, um, you know, the Yankees are really lucky to have someone like that to, to have had someone like that around for a long time. I know Mendy going back to when he was, you know, minor league coordinator and everything like that. So really working with the young players and, you know, he, he's a guy that I feel like he doesn't get talked about that much. Obviously a bench coach, you know, it's not as visible as say, you know, a third base coach or, or, or something like that. But, you know, I've always really respected the, the kind of person, the kind of role that, uh, Mendy plays, and I think that that's got to have a huge impact on these young Venezuelan players who are trying to find their way. Yeah, you know, I hadn't even really thought about that until you just said it now, but uh, you're right. I mean, Mendy is a a real asset to this team, and uh, especially to those guys, you know, also being from Venezuela. Um, it, it's cool to see, you know. I, I've noticed in the uh, on Team Photo Day this year that the four Venezuelan guys all standing shoulder to shoulder there uh, in the team photo. So it's it's a nice little, you know, story within a story um, when you look at the 2023 Yankees. And uh, like I said, I mean, bright futures ahead for all those guys. 
And I think, look, this is going to be a weird counterintuitive point I'm going to make. If there's one benefit right now, as we sit here in mid-September, to all the injuries on this team, including right now, the reality, like we said, the Yankees will try to come back from seven games back with 17 to play. It's an uphill climb, maybe too high uphill. But let's say they get to two or three games back with six games to play. It's not like they can then stop the experiment of playing the kids. They don't have anyone else right now. The kids are locked in, essentially. It's not like, okay, we trusted you when it looked like it was hopeless, but now that there's hope, you know, go sit down. Like, if the Yankees are going to get a wild card spot, whatever, sounds crazy, but if they're going to do it, it will be because the kids have been thriving. And, and even if they just get close, I have to say, the way that that sets them up for 2024 and beyond, you can't buy this level of experience in the minor leagues. And so maybe it does work. Maybe it doesn't work again. Maybe they get close. Maybe they don't get close, but it's going to be on the back of guys like Everson Pereira, Oswald Peraza, Austin Wells. You know, you, you want to say Jason Dominguez, but obviously that's been a, another rough situation for your life there, Nate. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, 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 it will be on the backs of these guys. There's no net there. There's no, you know, switch to flip to say like, eh, Nope. Your time's over. Now it's real. And that's great. I yeah. mean, that, that's experience. That, like you said, you, you can't get that anywhere else. And it just means that well, uh, whether it's next season or, or, or beyond, when they find themselves in a you know, September pennant race, uh, which, which they will at some point in their careers, they'll have been through it. They'll have done it. And um, you know, they're not going to be nervous uh, about it because it won't be their first time. So I think that uh, the experience they're gaining this year is is invaluable. Uh, it's going to pay dividends for them down the line, and um, you know we just got to kind of wait and see where it, where it takes us this year. And if and if you I mean you want to talk about some things that they've gotten to see while they've been here, you know I don't think this is a small thing. I don't. They got to be here this past weekend for Old Timers Day. So you know what? Everson Pereira, Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells, Oswald Peraza, all these guys. How about you rub elbows with the 1998 Yankees for a little bit and, and, and hear from that team? And again, is that worth, you know, two wins in the standings? I, I'm not going to say yes, but whatever. It's worth something, though. No doubt. Uh, it, it can't hurt. Um, and, and you heard Derek Jeter talk about it, about uh, when he was a player and how much they looked forward to Old Timers Day. And, you know, even beyond that, like just, the guys who, who come back, you know, whether it's in spring training or whatever, or just, you know, stop in at Yankee Stadium and, and pop their heads in the clubhouse. But, you know, he, he talked about uh, having conversations with guys like Reggie Jackson and Yogi Berra and Whitey Ford. I mean, there's, there's always something to be gained from talking to guys like that who have played here on the biggest stage and had success in the biggest moments. Uh, how can that not be a good thing? So hopefully uh, a few of those young guys took advantage of that, that opportunity this past weekend. A few of those young guys, for sure. Certainly fans, obviously, you know, fan, the fans love Old Timers Day. I can't tell you how many friends I had who reached out to me asking for help with Old Timers Day tickets, and I had to sheepishly say, like, man, you are months too late on that. <laughs> it's a... Look, it, 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 it's a fact of life, you know, that we don't have Yogi here anymore. We can't change that. We don't have, you know, Joe D or Mickey or, you know, now even Whitey. But there's just something so generational for, you know, sitting there just from our vantage point in the press box and just kind of, I always try to like to look around as they show fans and just like the joy you see on these faces of seeing their old heroes, not even so old. Derek Jeter would be insistent that I point out that uh, he's not that old. 
but you know, it, it really does mean a lot for so many people, both in the dugout and the clubhouse, but also certainly in the stands. It does. And I, I love it. I love old timers day. I don't know. There's something, it, it's hard to kind of put a finger on it. You know, we were talking about it when we were sitting in the press box that day. I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's just, it's really cool that the Yankees do it and that they're able to bring back these really, you know, special guys from, from different generations. And, uh, you know, like you said, you, you see the, the fans and their reactions to it. And maybe there were fans that, you know, are probably closer in age to us, John, in, in their, you know, forties that were so thrilled to be able to see the whole 98 team come back. And then you see, you know, some older fans and, and their reactions to seeing guys like Gator and, and Mickey Rivers. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's a really special day. It's a special thing that this organization is able to do that most teams, you know, they, they just don't have the same kind of, uh, you know, alumni that we do. I, I love it. I look forward to it every year. I thought they did a really great job with it this year. It was kind of a little different where they didn't play the old timers game, but instead they did a kind of cool Q&A session that uh, Susan Waldman and Joe Torrey talking to the 98 guys, I, I thought that was really, really done well. Um, and it was just a great day. Yeah, I give them all a lot of credit, both the guys who come back who clearly, you know, I, I sometimes think about it as like bands. You, you know, you want to believe that when the band you love isn't on tour, that they're still texting every day and that they're still eating dinner or whatever every day. But the reality is being in that band is their job and part of it is performance and making it look like they're best friends when whatever. And, you know, you talk to some of these 98 guys and it's like, man, you know, hey, you were just here. It's not that big a deal. And they're like, no, we don't see each other that often. Right. You know, we don't, this is huge for us. It, uh, we're, they're all over the country. They're all doing different things. You know, it, for them to be able to come back, just have a day where it's like, we're all going to be there and we're all going to stand together. And is there going to be more attention on the core four than some of the other guys who maybe names you're hearing for the first time who pitched an inning in 98? Sure. But that was also true in 1998, so whatever. But it's just, you know, it, it, it's it's not something that happens every day. These guys aren't locked at the hip. So they really cherish the opportunities, even as, again, the life cycle being what it is, you know, every year, maybe someone who can't come, maybe some, not necessarily the 98 team at this point, but someone who they all look forward to seeing isn't there. And it's hard, but it's certainly a special thing. Yeah, and I think it's also, I was thinking about how special it must be for those guys' families uh, to be able to come see them, receive the kind of recognition they get here at Yankee Stadium. You know, I imagine some of those guys, uh, you know, might have children who were too young to really remember them as players. So um, it's just, it's a, it's a special time for everybody involved and uh, brings back a lot of great memories uh, from those guys' playing days. And certainly I know that every year, that I sit through uh, the Old Timers Day ceremony, I like to think ahead, in a sense, to you know which of these guys that we're watching every day now are going to be a big part of it. Nate, here's another champion segue. <laughs> um, the cover of our September issue, Garrett Cole. I, I'm pretty sure this will be the last issue that he appears on the cover of Yankees Magazine before he is Cy Young winner, Garrett Cole. I think that I, it feels pretty safe to say for me. But Nate, you got to spend a lot of time watching this guy over the last couple of years certainly a lot of time interviewing him and the story you put together obviously look Garrett Cole's a great pitcher and that's evident you don't need to read 3,000 words in Yankees magazine at this point to know that but the way you wrote about the impact he has on the guys around him 
I thought was what really stood out from your cover story this month because, you know, he's certainly not on the payroll as a coach. He's on a he he's a guy who's supposed to pitch every fifth day, but those other four days, <laughs> that guy is not just watching. No, and uh, you know, I, I think we've all kind of seen that uh, just from a, a distance, even you know, watching the games on TV or, or what have you. You see just how willing he is to to talk to his teammates, talk to his fellow pitchers on the days when he's not working. And um, I think that's had a, a really pretty big impact. Um, you know, you wrote about Clark Schmidt in this uh, issue as well, and, you know, he was quick to kind of credit Garrett for his, his tutelage and, and helping him rebound from a slow start this season. But Clark Schmidt is far from the only example of guys who have benefited from having Garrett around. So, you know, I wanted to explore that, talk to some of the guys on the team as well as Garrett himself about why he does it, uh, essentially. You know, wh- where do, where does that come from? Because like you said, he, he's not required to by any stretch, but um, he, you know, kind of said that's just sort of how he's wired. That's sort of how he was taught uh, by some of the veteran pitchers that were on the staff uh, when he was coming up in Pittsburgh and even in Houston. So, you know, how cool is it that he's not only like you said, probably going to be the American League Cy Young Award winner this year, but he's just uh, had a a major impact on the guys around him as well. He's so smart about baseball. I don't think there's ever been a person who I've interviewed on multiple occasions who I found so fascinating in terms of engaging about the nuts and bolts of Mm -hmm. being a a big league star. And there's a picture we have in, in the feature and again, who knows if this is, you know, day two, three, four, five between starts, whatever it is. But he's just sitting there chatting in the middle of a game with Aaron Boone. And if you looked at that picture 20 years from now, you would just assume he was the pitching coach on this team and not <laughs> just another starter. Yeah. You know, you, you talk about uh, looking at the current team and wondering who's going to come back for old timers days. I, I would think uh, <laughs> Garrett really seems to love being a Yankee and uh, I could see him being one of those guys who comes back. Maybe as a coach someday, I have no idea what his uh, post-playing plans are. But you're right. I mean, his his knowledge of pitching and of baseball is just so... He's at, like, you know, a PhD level. I feel like I'm like a kindergartner just talking to him. Um, and it's it's fascinating. You know, I love hearing even just his post-game pressers when he's, he's just got such incredible recall of every pitch he threw that night. And I appreciate when athletes allow you that kind of window into their mind uh to me it's just like i said it's it's fascinating you know it reminds me of you know some of the greats in other sports that kind of made me a fan uh of them or of their sport more so um than i would have been just because of the way they're able to describe what it's like to be out there you know it's something that we'll never get the chance to experience ourselves but when you have a guy like Garrett Cole who can break it down and and give you that that little window into it, uh, it's really insightful and really uh, just a, a joy to listen to. You know, last week I was talking to Mike King for an interview that will play a few weeks now on the New York Yankees official podcast. And one thing we were talking about is why he is so excited about what seems to be a move to the starting rotation. Who knows what 2024 holds? He certainly wants it. And the one thing he was saying, it's just like, look, being a reliever, it's certainly fun to go out there with just, you know, brute force and whatever. But, like, the stuff about how do I get him out again? Mm -hmm. Then how do I get him out again? He's like, you know, that's just like, he missed that so much in the bullpen. 
And man, like, you know, if you look ahead, as I'm trying to do here, you, know, you just hope a guy like Mike King just plops himself down next to Garrett Cole as much as possible because that's who's going to teach you how to do this stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I always go back to, I, I think it was at Garrett Cole's introductory press conference here back in December of 2019. where The, the olden days. Yeah. And, and he talked about uh, a little bit about his kind of philosophy on the mound, I guess. And, you know, the phrase he used was poking the bruise. So looking at a, a hitter, you know, they have scouting reports that might tell you where his, his weakness is. You know, maybe this guy struggles with, you know, high inside fastball. And Garrett's like, all right, well, when are we going to poke the bruise? You know, you can't go right after his weakness right away, necessarily. You might want to save that for when you get him down to two strikes. And so, you know, that was just one example of, of the type of uh, insight that he's shared with us over the years. And, and certainly, uh, again, more recently for this story, that uh, it makes it really fun to follow along with guys uh, as they're plying their craft out there when you kind of know a little bit about how they're operating. For sure. And, and Nate, I mean, you and I both, we, we've interviewed Garrett plenty of times. I mean, that, it's nothing new at this point. And you go in there, and obviously, putting Garrett Cole on the cover this month, it was a pretty easy choice in a lot of ways. And again, obviously, we think that it's going to look even better if he, when he wins the Cy Young Award. But anytime you're writing a story about a guy that you've written plenty about, and I mean, Nate, you wrote a story about him for the May issue. How did you set out in this case to say, like, this is the story I want to tell? Yeah, you know, I basically thought about his his four years here. Uh, he's coming up to the end of his fourth season as a Yankee, and I just thought, you know, what's what's different about Garrett Cole now than uh, at his past stops, or even you know, since the last times we've written about him here uh, as a Yankee, and um, you know, so looking at this season, what what's different? Well, he started the All Star game uh, for the first time in his career. That was something. You know, we talked about his mentorship of, of other players. I don't think that's necessarily a new thing, but I thought that was something that we haven't really uh, delved into in Yankees Magazine yet. I think it's also been very visible this year, but go on. Yeah. And um, the fact that he's now a father of two, you know, it's I think that changes uh, perspectives for anybody, you know, not just athletes. But when you, um, you know, I always say when you, <laughs> when you have your first child, you become dad when you have multiple that's when you enter fatherhood and parenthood it's it's like it's a whole new ball game so um you know he, his two sons uh obviously they're very little still they're you know one is two years old and the other was just born in january so um they're very much a, a big part of his life you know you saw him at the all-star game with uh his older son caden out there with him on the field and you know i've seen uh, just his family is around a lot. And um, I think that's cool. And I was interested just to kind of hear, you know, how he's balancing everything because that's a lot. And, uh, you know, I thought a lot of the stuff that he talked about in, in terms of wanting to set an example for his boys, um, there was a lot of kind of crossover in the way that he, uh, you know, tries to set a good example for his teammates in the locker room and, and just, you know, a lot of the sort of character traits that he displays here are things that he hopes, you know, his boys will pick up on uh, just seeing in, in watching him. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, th I thought that was kind of among the more uh, interesting things that 
Garrett had to say during our interview for this story. Regular listeners of the New York Yankees official podcast will recall in the first episode when I made the mistake of saying, well, obviously, it's not like your sons know enough to care about baseball yet. And he's like, no, 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 <laughs> He corrected me real quick. And yeah. then he's, you watch videos of it, everything. And, then, you know, I'll leave you with one thing because an ace has pressure to do a lot of things. In some cases, an ace just has to do his job and, you know, hope for the best in a sense. But you go back to this past Sunday, the weirdest baseball game I've probably ever seen. The Yankees are no hit for 10.1 innings. And they win the game. But, you know, lost in that almost is, yeah, they were being no hit and everything. But fortunately, they had Garrett Cole on the mound to allow them to recover from and to find their way in a sense. And at the end of that game, no one's talking about, you know, Garrett, what Garrett Cole did that day because it was so long ago. But, I mean, he pitched seven shut, shutout innings, couldn't have looked much better. And the Yankees were in a position at that point to win. Again, I think this is a point I kind of keep repeating on this episode. It might be too late. But it's things like that, you know, it, it, a game like that, that by all accounts, the Yankees should have lost. The Brewers should have won. The Brewers probably should have been celebrating with a lot of champagne uh, to celebrate their no hitter. And instead, because of the Yankees pitching and predominantly Garrett Cole, they were able to put themselves in a position to get a win. And that is the stuff. If it's going to happen, it'll be things like that. It's incredible how consistently he does stuff like that. I mean. When I spoke to him, he had just made his 100th start as a Yankee. And in two-thirds of those, 67 of his first 100 starts as a Yankee, he gave up two earned runs or less. And it's just, I mean... It's, it's an ace. Yeah, that, that's an ace. That's, a, that's Cy Young material right there. And this season has been uh, just another incredible you know, performance regularly by him it's uh you know i don't want to say we take it for granted or we expect it but uh you, you kind of get used to it and uh <laughs> it's certainly it, it's pretty nice you know he's been everything that we hoped he would be when we first signed him uh i know we haven't you know been able to see what he's able to do on on the world series stage here as a yankee yet but uh i'm hopeful that that's coming soon too well, in the meantime, our next episode comes up in the last week of the regular season, and hopefully we are still looking ahead at that point and not looking back. But uh, it, in, in the meantime, Nate, it's a great cover story you have for September. It is called Great Expectations. I can't wait till anyone who has not yet read it gets to read it. And Nate, I hope that the next two weeks go very well, and that we're excited when we're talking next time. But in the meantime, have a good one, man. Cheers. Sounds good, John. We'll talk soon. Everyone else, obviously, certainly a happy Rosh Hashanah if you celebrate, and we will speak to you soon. Hi, this is Garrett Cole. Thank you for listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe at yankees.com slash podcast or at the podcast app of your choice. The New York Yankees official podcast is a production of the Yankees Magazine Podcast Network. It's produced by me, John Schwartz, with assistance from the entire team at Yankees Magazine, as well as incredible support from the New York Yankees Media Relations Department, in particular Jason Zillow, Michael Margolis, and Caitlin Brennan. Thanks also to our awesome social media team, Brian Callahan, Julia Shore, and Alex King. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? We're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcasts. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, you can even send us your thoughts over email, podcasts at yankees.com. For more information about the stories we discussed today, visit yankees.com slash magazine, where you can read all of our long-form content. 
If you'd like to subscribe to Yankees Magazine or purchase individual copies of the magazine, yearbook, media guide, or anything else, please visit yankees.com slash publications or call us at 800-GO-YANKS. Of course, you can also stay up to date on everything happening here at the stadium by following us on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine, or by liking us on Facebook at Yankees Magazine. That's it. See you next time, and go Yanks.